Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back on inside black and gold i if we seem a little punch drunk it's because steve and i started this morning hosting first take at 8 a.m it is now 9 p.m we have gone all the way around the clock uh, and, and we are back but so this is going to be the more negative segment there's a few players that i think wah, wah. <laughs> so steve i I'll, let's start with you you know was there anyone that stood out that you were just like eh you know, like the, you expected a bit more out of than you saw today. I uh, guess it's going to be easy for me to pick on a guy that got hurt, but Kendry Miller, uh, not really excited about anything. I saw four carries, five yards, and then the injury again, and hearing that it's the same yeah. knee, I'm kind of really bummed out about him right now and hoping for the best, obviously, to come back uh, just because, yeah, it leaves an interesting and questionable running back situation if he's going to be gone for a long amount of time yeah and you know i i you know i'm not going to hold an injury against him but when you're talking about kind of stock right when you're saying stock down one of the things that he's now going to lose with this injury is the ability to improve is the ability to progress in pass protection and all the things that you need a young running back to work on in his first off season so that when you get to the games you can trust him back there and he's i'm assuming he's going to miss some time even if it's not a major knee injury, you know, he's going to be out. You know, these are, you got these joint practices coming up. That's when you're going to get a lot of that work in. He's not going to be able to get it. And so that's going to be a, a difficult, uh, a difficult climb for him now. Hopefully he can get back sooner than later. But I think that's a good point. It's, you know, I think I was optimistic to see him impact these games and, and yeah. make himself into a guy that is really tough to keep off the field and with the injury, you know, which is the only injury really to report from this game, which I guess is a, Kind of a positive thing, right? Definitely. You know, I, I think, yeah, that's that's a tough one. So I think that's a good point. Yeah, it was just the fact, like I said, you don't want to, you know, bang on a guy that got injured. But, but like I said, before that, it was just nothing to write home about with what he did with, with his attempts. I agree with that. And so, you know, going back to my post here with the with the stock downs, my first stock down is a guy that I, you know, I keep going back and forth on. I'm waffling just as much as he's waffling on what type of kick to make. It's Blake Gilligan. It's the punter. And, Man, hey. I just, you know, I think he's an excellent punter, but I don't know what happens. I, I almost think, you know, he's been trying to incorporate the helicopter punts and stuff like this. I think he's, I think he's yeah. trying to do too much. I think he just needs to focus on getting the kicks right. Because you look at that game and, you know, it's a preseason game. The result doesn't really matter. But the Saints were dominating that game. They were up 17 to nothing. The Chiefs had not done anything on offense. 
and the the Saints go, you know, they punt from in their own territory. I think they were punting from the 26. He punted the ball 24 yards. The Chiefs took over at the 50, immediately marched down, score four plays later. Made you and think of the Cincinnati Bengals game. Yeah, I mean, well, this wasn't the same situation. It wasn't late in the game, but it was like a good example of like, you are flipping momentum in the complete wrong way. And it's like, all you need to do is continue to make life difficult on them, make them go the long way. And instead you're giving them a short field. And it's like, that's your job. That is your job, right? Like, I get it. You do a lot of things that don't get noticed. Like he's a holder. He does a lot of this stuff. You know, he did make a couple really nice punts in that game. But your job is to punt the ball. And if one out of every 10 kicks is a complete shank, then you're not doing your job. And you're talking about a a punter competition that he is in. I don't think he's going to lose it. I still don't. But, man, you got to be more consistent than that. And it's like, I get it's the first game. Maybe he's working out the kinks. But I've just seen this way too many times over the last few seasons to feel comfortable with it not rearing its head in big moments. And so my stock is down. I need to see him be more consistent the rest of the preseason, or I'm taking a really long look at Mr. Headley over there. Yeah, I totally get that just because, yeah, the the that whole thing when the shank happened, you're kind of just like, oh, not not again kind of thing because we we saw it some, oh, some last year and then sometimes in practice, and then that's just not going to fly in the game situations because because – exactly how you meant it mentioned it can flip the field so much and give the other team such an advantage and look look what happened touchdown points are going to score off of it and yeah you don't want to dig your offense into a deeper hole so yeah i'd have to uh, agree with you there with gillikin unfortunately it's kind of frustrating because there's there's the good days and the bad days obviously and obviously i think the good days outweigh the, the bad more often than not but the fact that we're still seeing the shanks, I don't know how you can correct that. You might be right. You mentioned the helicopter kick. Is he trying to do too much kind of thing? It's like, all right, just try to p- kick the ball normally. My first indication was maybe he was trying to do a kick like that and he just missed it. <laughs> and like, I guess if you're going to try it in a game, the preseason right, yeah. would be where I want you to work that out. Right. But at a certain point, it's like, I don't need a helicopter kick. I just need a good kick, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think, oh, I can't remember who, oh, who was it that pin, that, that that saved the punt down at like the four? Uh, I, I'm blanking on it. I'm trying to think too. Sorry. Uh, it was a really good special teams play. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look it up. But, you know, there was one, there was, there was a couple really nice punts, a couple really nice pins deep in their territory. So it wasn't all bad, but again, if I can't get consistency on special teams, it's a problem. And I just think there's, too much variation like yeah anyway I, I don't need to go in on, on Blake any more than I have but he's a guy who I need to I need to see step up for sure yeah this the special teams uh, a huge deal and it's just interesting that you know you've got a guy like Lou Headley in camp right now seems like a lot of fun uh, we haven't really talked to him that much but you know guys tatted up and looks like a rock star out there and yes. I don't. I don't know. There's there's a very good chance he could unseat Gillikin if we start seeing Shanks on a more regular basis, and you, you just you can't do that come game time. I'm sorry. No. 
And again, it's like, okay, you're the quarterback. You're doing 90 different things. You throw one bad pass. I'm like, okay, and I get it. You're a punter. You might punt four times a game, right? Like, that's got to be consistent. And it's like, it made even worse by the fact that I look over. It's like, oh, Thomas Morstead's still kicking five, and we couldn't keep him around, huh? Anyway, let's move on. The next two are defensive backs. And this is where I get start to get kind of unfair because we're going down the list. We're talking about depth defensive backs. But I think that is where the real competition is. And so I'm going to be tough on these two guys because you have to separate people somehow. And uh, Troy Pride, who I think has played pretty well throughout camp, he struggled today. There's no, there's no question about it. You know, he missed a couple tackles. He got beat on a couple plays. <sighs> You know, he, he just th- there were points that it was like, OK, you have a chance to to make an impact and to make, you know, make a statement for yourself. And he was not able to do that in this game. So, like, I think he'll bounce back. I, th- I actually like Troy Pride a lot. Um, you know, he's a guy who's really motivated. I just think that it, he, you know, it's going to be really tough to make this roster as a cornerback, as a safety. And these little issues are going to crop up and you're just going to have a really hard time, uh, you know, climbing that ladder. And I think he probably went down a few rungs with his performance today. Definitely agree on, on that with pride. You know, someone we've, we've written down in a positive way at practices. Yeah. Uh, He's for doing good. things I'm seeing in our chat room too. You know, you were mentioning now we're, we're, you know, being the three up three down the three down part of this segment and man, folks are piling on Alante this from this game. I didn't think it was that horrible. I mean, so I think, yeah, like you look at it and Alante Taylor slot cornerback star is not a person that is going to be a guy. And I, I think he's got to work on it. But yeah, like he, he looked real bad in the slot and that touchdown where he kind of just got lost. But, you know, again, he's wants to like he's competing to be the outside starter. And I think when he was on the outside, he looked very good. He again, he forced that that interception. Ugo Amadi is going to be the one that gets credit for the interception, but right. Ugo caught it because Alante made a play on the ball and tipped it up in the air and created that turnover. So it wasn't all bad. But he, but again, hey, you know, you're preaching to the choir here because I have said <laughs> like since day one that I think Paul Sandibo is going to win that job, and everyone told me I was crazy. Uh, so anyway, we can we can move on from that. The next player on my list, and this is a little unfair because it's based heavily on one play. And this is Smoke Monday. And I'm, I'm curious if you remember what I am talking about, which is, so he had one play where he just laid a huge hit. And it's like, he's a hitter. He, he self-identifies as a hitter. So he's always going to go for the big hit. But on the very next play, I I, there was a ball sent out to, I want to say his name was Nick Nico Remigio. I he actually Remigio, was their leader. Yes, they sounded Italian to me. <laughs> Four catches, 71 yards. And one of those catches was up the right sideline. And Mar- Smoke Monday did what I can only describe as a Marcus Williams impression. Yes, yes. And just he, like he he looked like he could have made a play on the ball and at the very least tipped it up, kind of like Alante Taylor did. And instead he just goes for the wipeout hit, lowers his head, lowers his shoulder almost whiffs he, he didn't want to see that he didn't whiff completely like like marcus did but it was like a shot for shot replay of the minnesota thing we don't need to talk yes. about yeah i don't call it a miracle and oh god that just it just uh, it makes me feel sick to my stomach just seeing it and it's like yeah he's not gonna miss the roster or make the roster based on one play but you're gonna see that on film and that's gonna be a tough one to to explain and uh you know I, I he got on the field late he didn't get a ton of a ton of early reps I think he might be lower on the safety ladder than I initially thought 
But yeah, that that play alone was enough to 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 make me a little queasy. So that's why he ended up on my stock down list. Definitely a moment. You know, I'm I'm now uh, from sidelines to being in studio, and I'm watching the game in the sports office with a bear, and we just looked at each other like what? And he just goes to me, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, oh, about like, that play. Yeah, exactly. And it was right. like, you don't want to see that. Was that exactly like you just said? He's like, what is this, Marcus Williams? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's something we don't want to see. I don't know who's te- if anyone's teaching that on the Saints, but it's got to stop immediately. Yeah. Well, and it was made worse by the fact that, like, he was in position. He played it well, right? All he needed to do was find the ball and, and go for it. I think he could have had an interception. I really do. I think he could have caught there, but he just instead he just defaulted to the hit. And even in today's NFL, that just doesn't make sense, right? Like you're more likely to get a penalty than to than to do anything useful, which is like separate the player from the ball. You can't really do that anymore. So yeah, I mean, I, like I, I I still like Smoke Monday. I still think that he has a shot to make this roster, but you know the instincts there kind of kind of give me pause a little bit. And, no, and we, you know, we talked yeah. to him that one day after training camp, and he told us, too, it's like, oh, I'm looking forward to hit somebody. I, I like to hit. Well, you got to get them sights set a little clearer because you yeah. cannot <laughs> do anything like that, please. Well, they can't all be big hits. You can't just be going for big hits. I need you to make make smart plays, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, yeah. I, like, again, I'm, it's, you're being harsh about one play, but – Eh, it just brought tough. up too many bad memories for sure. I totally get it there. Right. All right. So I get, you know, we have people talking about Isaiah Foskey and, you know, you know I, I don't have him on my list because I, you know, my ex- expectations for him were not particularly high. So his stock to me is the same because he struggled throughout camp. I think he's just, you know, he's a guy who's going to have to learn. He's going to have to get better, but I don't think he did anything today that stunned me. But again, I, maybe it did for other people who haven't watched him throughout camp which is fair. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but what you saw today was not out of the normal from what we have seen. And we've talked about it on this podcast. He's, I think he's just a developmental guy right now. And I know people don't want to hear that about a second round draft pick, but you know, the good news is that the guys in front of him have been playing well. It's not like they're Isaiah Foskey is not getting on the field because you know, he's because the, he just can't hack it around these other guys. The other guys are actually playing at a high level. So at least there's that. So that's why I'm not going to be overly harsh on Isaiah. It's his first career preseason game. He's getting acclimated to the NFL level. Let's give the guy time to struggle. And that kind of leads me into my next thing, which unless you want to talk about Isaiah really quick. No, I was just going to say that's the general thing from fans. I think they're aggravated with the fact that, wait a minute, what are you telling us that we've got a developmental defensive end that we drafted in the second round it's like what are we what are we doing we did that with marcus davenport in the first round and peyton turner too what the hell is going on here yeah yeah no it's it's frustrating but you know what like you gotta like i get it but i'm not gonna overreact right now um like if if this is the case late in the season if this is the case next year then yes i will start to i will start to uh you know (laughs) reach for it but, but to yeah. that point, too, like we kind of mentioned this, it's like everybody's so quick to write off players after, you know, maybe a subpar first season or maybe even they struggle in year two or whatever it is, whatever happens to them with injuries, them being slow to to develop, whatever it is. What are we seeing right now out of a guy like Peyton Turner? Sure, it's not a finished product even even close yet right now, but there's been huge positive strides. And for me to even say that a guy that's been terribly down on him, I think that's pretty big. And and like you said, 
these guys, you can't just write them off immediately just because they, they might not be getting acclimated to this NFL level as soon as you want them to. There was one third down play that, that Peyton Turner got home for a, for a hit, and Lonnie Johnson came in and took advantage of it and knocked the ball away. Finished and I was like, that's yeah. applause. Like, that is what you need to see. You need to see impact plays from the defensive line that set up the secondary, get the ball to come out, that take early, and then the defense can make a play because it's not it's not on time anyway. No. So, you know, we have people in the chat saying Brian Brzee looked good. He did look good. Uh, one person said Isaiah Foskey's overthinking. Pammy Whammy. Uh, great name. Uh, and, and I agree. I, I think that's true. I, I think he's a little overwhelmed by the NFL level right now, and that's normal. One guy who the next guy on my list also looked very overwhelmed until he didn't, which was Jake Hayner. You know, if you listen to this podcast, I have been trying my darndest to get everyone to pump the brakes just Slow to, down. you know, like there's he's gotten a ton of hype throughout the preseason and it's been merited. He's been very good. But <laughs> Rookie quarterbacks, a mid-round rookie quarterback is not going to come out and light the league on fire. He's going to struggle. And that's how you learn. You don't learn by everything being easy. You learn by doing difficult things and getting better at those difficult things, right? Like I'm teaching myself how to play piano. I sucked at it. I still kind of suck at it, but I'm at the point now where I can play songs that you might recognize. And that's an, that's a fast improvement for me. But if I just said, well, I guess I can't play piano because I couldn't play, you know, whatever on day one, then I would never be a better piano player. Anyway, you get the idea. So a rookie quarterback in the NFL, he's going to struggle. You're, you're going to have points where it's just going to be too fast. He's going to make mistakes like he did today. He, he There was a miscommunication. I can't remember who he threw it behind, but he tried to throw a back shoulder against the wrong coverage and it got picked off. And, you know, it, it's a learning moment. It's a learning moment. There was actually one incompletion that I think you, if you watched on TV, you might think it was a really bad throw by him. It was Kawan Baker. And one of the issues with Kawan Baker is I just don't think he gets it at the NFL level. And there was a point where it's like, okay, Jake Hanner made the right throw. Because if Kawan Baker continues on the line he is on and Jake throws it ahead of him, he is getting blown up. And so the only way that pass gets completed is if Kawan identifies that, kind of throttles down or sits in the open space, which is just something that receivers need to understand, and then you know, kind of work back to the ball. And Jake put it in a spot where if he had done that, he could have gone back to it. But Kawan didn't identify it. And that's kind of that, that like, okay, the quarterbacks need to be on you know on the same page as the receivers, and they weren't. And so it might look like, oh, he just he just threw it behind him. He just made a bad throw. But like, so I think that's actually a sign of Jay Kaner being ahead of the curve and Kawan being a little behind the curve for a third year pro. Um, but no, I, I thought like that last drive by Jake is such a good example of like good NFL quarterbacks. Look at Tom Brady, even look at that game in week 13. They can struggle the yeah. first three quarters, and then just there's just, you know, it clicks, right? And they just have it. They have it when it counts. Pat Mahomes is a great example. Like, you've seen Pat Mahomes have terrible games, and then in crunch time, he turns it on. And you could just see it. You could see it click. You could see him start to start to calculate, start to digest everything a little bit quicker, a step faster. And that last drive, he was just in command. And so, you know, I, I don't want to say the stock is down on Jay Kaner. I think the stock is exactly where I thought it was. But I think the stock for a lot of other people, it might have dropped because they might have been over over hyping what his expectations were, the the trajectory he was on, which I think is still good. What do you mean? Rookie right of now, the year and league MVP, Jake Hayner? What are you talking not, about? Not quite yet. 
<laughs> um, but so one thing that happened, so he obviously led them down for that touchdown. And then uh, <laughs> the two-point conversion went awry. So I asked him what happened there, and, and this is what he had. To I say. was going to kill the play, and I was saying easy, easy, and who that nation was a little loud. Um, and uh, he thought I said said hut, and I was saying easy, easy. So a little miscommunication. Obviously clean it up and make sure it doesn't happen in uh, week two and week three. Well, guess what? Stock down, who that nation? What are you doing making all that noise for? What are you talking about, stock down? It was so loud in a preseason game that it screwed up the hike. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, but you're messing up the offense. Yeah, that's, we'll figure it out. It's just a timing <laughs> issue. That is like I, I think you know if you've never been to a preseason game somewhere else, I think yeah. it's easy to lose perspective on how crazy it is that there's enough people in that building to make enough noise to right. impact a play in any way. At the fourth quarter of a preseason game, you could probably hear a pin drop at a lot of stadiums at that point. Especially with this, the way the Saints offense struggled. Like, it's not like they saw that finish coming. The, the, the Saints offense did not score for, they scored 17 points in the first quarter and then did not score again until about two minutes left in the game. Why were so many fans still there? And I think, like, that's to me, that's my takeaway from that was good on you, fans, for being too loud for Jake Hayner. Actually, I'm sorry, being too loud for Alex Pilstrom. Yeah. <laughs> not a good say- look for him. I was going to say, so you, you obviously were, were at the stadium field level seeing all this uh, unfold. What, I was standing in the back of the end zone for that. Okay, I was going to say, what was your take on, on the crowd for the game? It was really still hopping in the fourth quarter. That's re- that is impressive. It was very, I mean, I wouldn't say it was hopping the whole way, but it was there was enough people there still that when it got exciting, they got excited. You know, okay. and, and I mean, there it was it was hot for the first quarter which is what you expected yeah and then i, I kind of had to look around i was like wow people are still here and i think part of it was you know a lot of people had just kind of like migrated from where they were sitting to the prime seats there at the end but uh yeah it was it was loud and uh but no i i, I think jake is really intriguing as a quarterback prospect i really do i just don't i mean i think this is a red shirt year for him and i'm okay and that's okay right you have Derek Carr this year. Like, you know, if, if you get to a point where you're starting Jameis Winston and he's the backup, sure, I think he could be that. But, like, right now, I want him to focus on getting better and learning. And well, and this well, is... Sorry. Uh, what I just find that funny with everything, too, everybody wants to elevate Hayner to number two already and trade Jameis Winston. What do you think you're getting for Jameis Winston on the market? I'm just curious. And how would that benefit Jake? Like, how, how would that make Jake better? Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. And I, I prefer to let Jake focus on what Jake needs to focus on, which is, you know, just just improving, just getting steadily better. And being the QB, two is isn't going to help him. You know, I, like, yeah, I think it's just added pressure that is not going to help. Like, it's not, you know, you, you, I don't know. Like, you, you get it. It's not I don't see how that improves his stock at all. You know, we'll, we'll, we can go on from there. Before we go, I do have to – I see Jerry G made a comment earlier on. I do agree with him. So I have to circle back to the three up. And I would put also, if if not in the three, in an honorable mention, along with Ryan Connolly for me, got to add linebacker Zach Bond. Uh, Jerry G, G says, Zach Bond showed me something. And I agree with that. I was impressed with him tonight. Here, uh, there, was a, there was a comment here. Let's see if I can find it. Which oh man, I, I lost it. Was a complete it opposite. Was basically, along the line of, oh here it is. Yes, Zach Bond was actually used correctly. Right. Okay. Yes, he was <laughs> right. That was my main takeaway. Was like, wow, <laughs> you use Zach Bond as an on the ball linebacker. He got upfield. He rushed the passer, and he made a play. Crazy. 
Good for you Zach. Know, stop hey. trying to turn him into something he is not. You saw what it could be with Caden Ellis last year. You saw how you know you you saw how this defense can operate with a pass rush intensive linebacker, and I think he can be used in that role. I don't want to see him in coverage. I think that's the difference between Zach and Caden is Caden could cover. Caden was athletic enough to get downfield. And he was actually a lot better than I thought he was when we, when he actually had to do it. I don't think Zach is that. You've seen him in practice. It just he can't. He, uh, you're asking for bad things. But in situations where you're getting after the passer and you are just sending him upfield, I like it. And so I'd like to see him used more often. But I agree. He had a good day. Yeah, he was definitely one of those you came away with going, whoa, okay, you know, show me something, dude. Uh, because, yeah, training camp practices have not been, uh, I won't say pretty, but they haven't been very eventful for him. I agree. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back. We're going to do a mailbag. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. we got over 200 people in here right now. It's exciting. I, I'm glad we are back doing football things. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. I'm still going to call it Twitter. I'm never going to call it X. So if you're wondering why I keep calling it Twitter, that is why. Uh, you can follow Steve Geller at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. And we're going to be right back with a bunch of questions. Stick Hit a us. round. 